Welcome to Genesis Life Center. Our vision statement is every destiny has a beginning. We are a ministry called to encourage and inspire the body of Christ to use their gifts and talents to do work of the ministry wherever they are called to. Our mission is to provide individuals with the tools to become agents of change and messengers of God. Our motto is you are not an accident waiting to happen, but a destiny being fulfilled. Our pastors are Ben and Dee Adekubi. We are here in person and online. Just look up Genesis Life Center and join in every Sunday at 11 a.m. Mountain Time. Well, praise the Lord. Glory be to God. It's good to see some faces and I want to really echo what my wife said earlier about the support. It's just immense to have support uh, from people uh, when you're down. Uh, just as we were leading praise and worship, I just felt to say this to us. And it was something God reminded me of a message I preached some, some uh, months back or years ago. And, uh, you know... Uh, Israel found himself in a place where things were going south for them. The glory of the Lord has departed from them. The Ark of the Covenant was captured by the enemy. And I heard the Lord as, we were, as uh, Pastor Lee began to lead us and ask us to shout with a voice of triumph. Uh, you know, what people don't understand, you know, I've heard people say to me, uh, it's just not me, I don't like making noise. I don't like doing that. But listen, when you're in pain, you'll make noise. When you're in real pain, you know, I, I remember um, as I was playing football, this is my younger days, and uh, I kind of sprained my ankle. And uh, the nurse who was going to, don't judge me, the nurse who was, don't judge me now before I say what I'm about to say. The nurse who was going to, uh, was a young lady and she was very pretty. And so she was supposed to come and she was like a sort of, I don't know if it was a chiropractor you could call it, but to come and adjust my ankle. And because she was pretty, I was trying to not act in pain. So as she came closer, she says, do you feel this pain? Do you feel this pain? I says, I was feeling a little bit of pain, but I said, no, I'm okay. She says, so I'm about to adjust you, so you need to brace yourself. And I said, oh, no, no, I'm good, I'm good. And feeling very masculine and stuff like that. And when the lady went to town, it was not only the hospital heard me, the other hospital heard me. Glory be to God. You see, so when you're in pain, you scream, glory be to God. But also, when you are victorious, you shout. There's something about shouting that, 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 that is liberating. Uh, uh, you know, uh, with everything my wife was going through, looking with losing my sister-in-law and all of that, you know, uh, you're seeing the pain that your spouse is in, but you're helpless. You can't do anything. You, you want to be there. You want to get in there and do something, but it's out of your control. You can't do anything. You know? And then I remember finding some time to go somewhere and I just screamed like, ah! 
and it was liberating glory be to god it's very liberating so i want so the word that the lord was giving me for somebody today is you know the ark of the covenant was taken away you know uh, due to israel's uh, misdemeanor you know israel uh, been far from god and all of that god was judging them the bible actually says the word of god was very rare because you know how many of you know when you're upset about something and you talk about it all the time after a while you're going to stop talking and the bible says god was just quiet you know and they went to battle thinking that they had the presence of god with them with the ark but not only did they get defeated what they thought was their anchor was taken away from them it was captured but there's something about this god he never gives up and so what happens was that they took the ark of the covenant and they brought it to the house of dagon their own god see what you've got to understand is the battles we face in life sometimes really is not really our own battle it's a battle between two gods the king of king and the lord of lords the great i am that i am and every other god i'm going somewhere in a moment and so the bible says they captured uh, uh this ark of the covenant and they put it in the house of dagon now why do they put it in the house of dagon you got to understand what that really means they're like look at your god now he's in captivity to our god but little did they know they went to bed that night and when they came back they found their god falling on the ground while the ark of the covenant was still standing up and you know what they did they put him back in his place the next day they came back they found the arms of not only did he fall down dagon fall down uh which is a sign of him bowing to the king of kings and the lord of lords you know when god is in the place every other thing keeps quiet glory be to god and and, and so when he fell down when he fell down uh bible says this time its limbs were missing and it got to a point that after having the covenant, the Ark of the Covenant with them, they got to a place and they said, you know what? This Ark, this presence of the Lord is too strong for us. We need to get rid of the presence of the Lord. They sent it back to Israel. Glory be to God. And what does that mean? You see, the, 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 the people of Philistine, they kept on putting God in his place, their God in his place. And all you have to do, I'm saying to somebody today, whenever you're going through, whatever you're going through, mentally, psychologically, I mean, physically, whatever, all you have to do is put God in his place. Glory be to God. In other words, what it means is that it doesn't matter. Like I've said this over and over again, the presence of evil does not mean the absence of God. You know, every time you find yourself going through a tough time you don't you especially when it seems like things are out of your own control all you have to do is put god in his place make him lord of lord of all glory be to god crown him lord of all as as the hymn says 
Crown him Lord of all. Crown him Lord of your pain. Crown him Lord of your rejection. Crown him Lord of your disappointment. Disappointment. You see, the war is not between you and whoever's rejected you. The war is between the God that you serve and the God that they serve. Glory be to God. The one who feels that they have status and they can bully you. The ones who feel because they are rich, they can do whatever they want to you. The one who says, who doesn't want you to be part of their club. you got to understand is the war between the God that you serve and the God that they serve. They may serve position. They may serve property. They may serve but you serve the king of kings. You see whatever they have that they serve that makes them feel good. Glory be to God. The Bible says it's corruptible. In other words it's going to perish. Glory be to God. But we have a God who has no end. I wish I had a witness in the house of God. See, I grew up in Church of England, and there used to be a song. I don't know how they think it says, uh, um, As it was in the beginning, it's now and ever shall be. World without end. Ah, ah, amen. Glory be to God. We serve a God who has no end. Thank you, Jesus. So I just felt this in my spirit. Glory be to God. Put God in his place. And that, when, I, when we say put God in his place, that means make him your priority. Oh, glory be to God. Make him your priority. See, when you put God in his place, then you don't treat God like a servant. Glory be to God. You don't treat God like a servant. You just like a cash machine. Glory be to God. You have a problem. That's the only time you call him. How many of you would want to be friends with somebody like that? So always, all they can do is just take, 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 take. Never give. You know, there's something that the Bible says. He says, he owe, God owes nobody but to love him. And all he wants is for you to love him back. The Bible says, Jesus says the greatest command is there's two. He says, uh, love the Lord with all your heart. With all, he's talking about a commitment. But commitment is only seen through your actions. How many people can be in a married relationship? If, and, and if you're saying to, if you're in a relationship, you say, uh, you know, I'll fit you in 10 o'clock. Yeah, I'm not too busy then. I'll fit you. You won't have a relationship. And that's the way we do. We, we, that's what we do with God. We schedule God around us rather than us schedule ourselves around God. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody today. Glory be to God. Anyway, let's go into the word of God. I want to read two scriptures. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 9. And I'm also going to read uh, Nehemiah chapter 4 from verse 1 to 7. Glory be to God. So 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 9. If you're there, say praise the Lord. And if you're not there, help, say, help me, Jesus. I want to encourage us to make sure you have your Bibles with you. You have your, uh, these days are the days of technology. Make sure you have your technology. Yes, we show it on the screen. But it's important to have your scripture with you. You see, when you look at something from afar, it doesn't really stay with you. But when you can see it, it's just the same way like when you learn. Because I'm a visual learner. I always like to, so I always attribute something when I'm learning something, I attribute it to something that's actually happened, and it makes me remember. Glory be to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9. 
I'm reading from the New American Standard Version. It says, for a wide door for effective service has been opened to me. And there, you see, he didn't say but. It says, and there are many adversaries. I'm going to read that one more time. For a wide door for effective service has been opened to me. And there are many adversaries. The first thing I want us to understand is that that door is wide. It's a wide door. The second thing I want you to understand about that, that verse, it says it's an effective door. The third thing I want you to understand is that that door is open to you. And the fourth thing I need us to understand is that there are many adversaries. A wide door is open to you. In other words, it's not a door that you need to squeeze into. Ooh, how am I going to explain this to you? You see, when Isaac was kicked out of Gerar, the Bible says he kept on redigging the wells. And he got to a place and he named it Rehoboth. And what did he mean by that? He said, the Lord has made room for me. In other, in other words, God has given you space to function. Glory be to God. It says, a wide door has been opened. What is the thing that you have to do when the, the door is open? What, is, what do you think he's trying to say there? See, before Paul was saying this, he was actually explaining to uh, the people in Corinth, or uh, to, uh, to, in Corinth or Ephesus, I'm trying to remember which one it was. He was explaining to them that, okay, I'm not able to come to you, or maybe I will send Timothy to come to you. I will send a letter through Timothy and all that. The reason I can't come is because a wide door of service, effective service has been opened to me. That's the reason I'm not coming to you. That's the reason why I'm not coming to attend to you. But there and there are many adversaries. Uh, for us to really understand that scripture, you see, when I was preaching last week, last weekend, I was preaching on Psalm 23, and there's one scripture that, there's one verse there that says, Thou prepares the table before me, what? In the what? In the presence of my enemies. Here it says an effective door. An effective opportunity has been opened unto me. And, not but. With every opportunity comes a challenge. Oh, I wish I had a witness in the house of God. With every opportunity comes a challenge. And we're going to explore this challenge a little bit today. Let's go to Nehemiah chapter 4. I'm going to read the first seven verses there. Glory be to God. Nehemiah chapter 4 from verse 1 to 7. I'll probably go to 8, but we'll just see how it goes. Now it came about that when Sambalat heard that they were rebuilding the wall. Somebody say rebuilding the wall. That means there must have been a wall there, but that wall was shattered. And now he has to rebuild. I'm going somewhere. 
he became furious and very angry and mocked the Jews. He spoke in the presence of his brothers and the wealthy men of Samaria and said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Are they going to restore it for themselves? Can they offer sacrifices? Can they finish in a day? Can they revive the stones from the dusty rubble? Even the burned ones? <coughs> now Tobiah the Ammonite was near him and he said, Even what they are building, if a fox should jump on it, he would break, he would, he would break their stone wall down. Look at uh, Nehemiah's response in verse 4. Hear, O our God, how we are despised. Return their reproach on their own head and give them up for plunder in a land of captivity. <clears throat> Do not forgive their iniquity and let not their sins be blotted out before you. For they have demoralized the builders. Do you hear that? They have demoralized the builders. So we built the wall and the whole wall was joined together to half its height for the people had a mind to work for the people had a mind to work for the people had a mind to work ladies and gentlemen let me tell you something the moment you see in this scripture, you see that it was called to rebuild the wall. Is there somebody under the sound of my voice today? God is calling you to fix something in your life. Or maybe you are sick and tired of the way things are and you're making a decision to change. Glory be to God. You've been going round and round in circle and all of a sudden... <clears throat> God bless you, uh, Edwin. Thank you very much. God bless you. Come on, everybody, give the Lord a clap offering for Edwin. You're rebuilding, you know, and you're sick and tired of going through the same cycle, and you just you just making a point to say, you know what, I'm going to change. See the decision between you reaching your next level or encouraging yourself to be what God has called you to be is just a decision away. The Bible says these people had, had a mind to work. In other words, they made up their mind. And when you somebody makes up their mind, it means they are not worried about what comes against them. You see... Here's the thing, the, the wall, they had a wall. You see, some of the stuff that Sambala and Tobias said were actually true. Because the wall that was uh, burned down, that was in ashes, ashes, was a magnificent wall. And how many of you have been in places where you're thinking, if only I can go back to the old days. If only I can go back to the old days. If only I can recover. If only I can do this. If only I can do that. 
So these people were saying, Sambala and Tobias were saying, oh, they can never get back to that. But I have news for somebody today. The Bible says the years that the canker worms, the palmer worms have stolen. You see, with, you see, we always say time is against us, but the Bible tells us if God be for us. Oh, I wish I had a witness in the house of God. You see, time, if God can cause time to stand still for Joshua while he was conquering Jericho, if God can cause time to stand still, who told you he can't cause time to stand still? Ladies and gentlemen, it looked like it was over for, uh, for Mordecai and the Israelites. Listen, uh, the, the law of Medes and Persia was a law that cannot be, cannot be revoked. Once the signet of the king is upon it, it's a done deal. But we have the king of kings. Proverbs 21 verse 1 says to us, The heart of a king belongs to the Lord. Like rivers of water, he turns it whithersoever he wants it. Glory be to God. I mean, Esther and the whole generation of Israelites were in impending doom. But the Bible says at the last minute, I don't believe it's at the last minute because nothing comes to God by surprise. The same law that cannot be revoked, all of a sudden, was revoked. And how was it revoked? God caused the king to remember something and prophesy to somebody today. You have sown in tears. You have given everything and it looks as though nothing is coming back. Every time you feel used by people, you feel abandoned by people. When you need them the most, they don't show up for you. Glory be to God. I'm here to tell somebody today that your payday is coming. Oh, I wish I had a witness in the house of God. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to understand this. Uh, that it looks as though Mordecai was forgotten. Mordecai foiled an attempt on the king's life. And, all, and some of you may have sown and all you get, not even a thank you. You get ignored, they abandon you and they go for something better. Because they feel you are not cool. But I want to say to somebody today, the stone that was rejected became the chief cornerstone of the house. Oh, the Bible says only with your own eyes will you see the reward of the wicked. Ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you what the reward of the wicked is? It's not the wicked will die. The reward of the wicked is that with their own eyes, they will see the glory of the Lord. With their own eyes, they will testify of the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Ladies and gentlemen, Haman, glory be to God, did not like the Israelites, but the same Haman began to parade Mordecai on a horse glory be to god as he began to parade he said look is what will be done to somebody who is honored by the king ladies and gentlemen i want to say to somebody honor is coming your way oh ladies and gentlemen god is just taking you through a wilderness glory be to god and that wilderness will take you to your promised land what is your promised land your promised land is the place where you are celebrated not tolerated When God was about to show up for Mordecai, glory be to God. See, when God is working, it looks like he's, you know, the song was said, even when he's not, when he's, when he's, was it, even when he's not working, he's, 
even when you don't see it, he's working. You need to understand something. He that keeps Israel neither sleeps nor slumber. He's constantly, you see, you've got to understand this. The God we serve, the reason he exists, the God we serve does not sleep concerning your case. I said this in, I think I said this last week, Isaiah 62 verse 1, it says, for Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. You know what that means? It means they will keep on complaining, complaining. You know, you know when somebody wears you out, you know, if you look at little children, one of the worst things you can do to a little child is to promise them something. That's the, if you want to die before your time, just promise a child something. The child will weary you to death. Even when you're, if you're passing by, when are you going to buy me this? You promise you're going to buy me that. In the morning, when are we going to this place? In the afternoon, while you're having lunch, and something totally unrelated, they'll remind you, glory be to God. That's the kind of mentality you need to have when it comes to God concerning you. For Zion's sake, he will not keep quiet. Even when it looks like he's quiet, he's still working. The Bible tells us in Esther, in Esther chapter 6 that the king could not sleep. See, all, see, this is one thing you've got to understand. When scripture says all things work together. When the Bible says all things work together. Jesus is calling. <laughs> Glory be to God. When the Bible says all things work together. For the good of those who love the Lord. It means that all things means the king didn't have any sleep. <sighs> is somebody listening to me? God made sure that the king will have a restless night. Now, you see, here's the thing you've got to understand. When you look at the library of Medes and Persia, you need to do some research about it. It's volumes and volumes and volumes of books. Why is it that the only book that was chosen was the book where Mordecai's name was written? Because God is at work. Turn to your name and say, God hasn't forgotten me. So here's the thing. You need to understand this. You have to have a mind to work. We're coming to that in a moment. But you need to understand, the moment you decide you want to make a change, that's the moment you're going to see the every reason why it's not going to work. The enemy we're talking about today is not the Tobias and the Sambalat. There are some Tobias and Sambalats, but they're the ones who are inside of you. We're looking at the enemy from afar, but there's an enemy within. There is a constant war. There's a war in our spirit. That's what Paul says, in our minds. The war of you wanting to do the will of God and the war of your flesh at war with you. The Bible says, now it came about when Sambalat heard that they were rebuilding, not that they were about to rebuild. They were already in the process of rebuilding. You see, you've got to understand that the number one enemy is not the one afar. 
You see, as long, it doesn't matter what somebody out there is saying, as long as you're not saying it. And when the Bible says, walk in the spirit, that you may not fulfill the lust of the flesh, most of the time we think about sin. Most of the time we think about sin. But, but what he's saying is, whose report will you believe? When you walk in the spirit, you believe the word of God. You don't believe your circumstance. You believe what the word of God is saying. Oh, because you failed, you tried a business a couple of times and you failed. Maybe a hundred times you failed. It's who's, you know, your flesh is telling you you're a failure, but your spirit is not telling you you're a failure. The moment you begin to rebuild, that's when you begin to hear the voices that says, oh, it will not work. It can't work. It shouldn't. How many of you have said to yourself, what am I thinking anyway? How many of you have, you wanted to do something and you saw so many reasons. The reasons are so long and you think, ah, I'm just going to abandon the dream. How many of you says, I shouldn't and I can't? How many of you have said it's too late? How many of you have said, I'm too old? How many of you have said, ah, if this can be in this way and that one can be here, then all will be well? Ladies and gentlemen, nothing will ever be 100% right for you to fulfill the will of God. Otherwise, there'll be no room for faith. Ladies and gentlemen, you've got to understand it. In Numbers chapter 13, God was trying to create a vision for the Israelites. He said to them, listen, go and spy the land. Go spy the land. See if the fruits are in there. See, God always knew. Glory be to God. God always knew there were going to be giants in the land. They came back with a report. And they said, you know what? The fruits are great. The fruits are, you know, they're bountiful, they're nice, but there are too many giants there. I'm asking somebody under the sound of my voice. God has put a dream in your heart. You can see the rewards of those dreams. You can see how successful it can be, but then you can see the competition. And then you can see all the odds that are stacked against you. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what makes you a child of God. The odds were stacked against Jesus from going to the cross. The odds were stacked against Esther and, the, and, and Israel. The odds were stacked against the Israelites when they were in Egypt. The odds were stacked against them when they came to the Red Sea. There was a Red Sea in front of them and the enemy was pursuing them from the back. They had no means of escape. And even when they got into the wilderness. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce you to something. If you are never, if the only way to avoid criticism is to do nothing. You know that humanly, our, our mentality humanly is to enjoy pleasure 
and avoid pain. Avoid pain. You know that, right? As human beings, we love to enjoy pleasure, but avoid pain. But can I tell you what we usually do first? We avoid pain first before getting to pleasure. Is somebody with me? Did you get what I'm saying? Humanly, we are conditioned to enjoy pleasure and avoid pain. But what usually happens is we avoid pain before we enjoy pleasure. For example, the pain of being misinterpreted, that for the pain of, I, I'd like to avoid the pain of being misinterpreted. So if I want to say something to, to Edwin, because I'm avoiding the pain of him thinking that I'm being horrible to him, I will not say something. But in the long run, it's not beneficial for him nor beneficial for me. We love to avoid pain first. And that's the same mentality that comes into our head. When we're in the process of rebuilding, reclaiming our lives, what we do is we try to avoid pain. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to do something, pain is part of the process. A woman goes into labor. She's in tremendous pain. I remember when we were having our children, I just, I, that's when I, res I can never look down on a woman in my entire life. Having had a baby, I can't. Because as soon as the baby came out, I passed out. I passed out because of exhaustion. I passed out because of, I mean, like you see almost every muscle twitching. I mean, I don't mean to gross you out, but when you, when you see almost, you fear God. It just, it changed my, I had more respect for my mother. And then when I look at my wife, when she complains too much about something, I just go and get on with it. Like, this woman went through pain, not once, she went through pain five times. Don't judge me, people. We didn't have a television. Glory be to God. If you're going to do something, you can't avoid pain. Now, let me let me tell you something. There's something, I think it was King Whitney Jr. He says something about, about change. And you need to look at where you fit in there. You need to look. Is change threatening to you? Or is it inspirational to you? Or let me just see where I put it down. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Is change threatening to you? Or is change encouraging to you? Or is change inspiring to you? You see, to the fearful, the ones who always want to avoid pain, glory be to God, it, change is threatening. The first thing they think is, things may get worse. It's what stops us from moving forward. But you got to understand, things cannot get as things cannot get as bad as it is right now. See, change. When you're about to make a change, so so Nehemiah saw that the wall was broken down, so he wanted to make a change. He's decided, I'm going to rebuild the wall. Now, change can be threatening to to, to somebody who's fearful. 
fear of making a mistake fear of being rejected fear of saying of, 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 of being said no I remember as a young fellow when you know in those days when you're young and you're chasing ladies I only had this mentality she can only say no but because I have a big head so you can't say no to this glory be to God as I keep reminding my wife every day glory be to God the devil is alive so is his mother-in-law glory be to God See, change can either be threatening. It means to the fearful, things can, get, can only get worse. Because it's the fear of things getting worse. The fear of, what if it doesn't work out? Have you ever said, what if it does work out? You see, we're prepared, we're, we're, we prepare mentally for if it doesn't work out. But we're never prepared for when it does work out. That's why most people who win the lottery end up being broke. To the hopeful, does it make you hopeful? The person who is hopeful is encouraged because it means that things will get better. So you got to figure out where do you fit in and to see where you're going to make a change. Where do you fit in? Are you thinking things, are you hopeful things can, are going to get better? But to the confident, it is inspiring because the challenges you face are only to make things better. The reason you're facing a rejection today is because it's a challenge to you. So because you know it's because you're onto something. It's only to make things better. I share this with people uh, in, in the Ignite, in an Ignite conference, a ministerial that, I, that Pastor Dee and I belong to. I said, people have to let you down because if they don't let you down, God cannot pick you up. Sambalat and Tobias said something. They were angry. You know... <laughs> I don't really have time to go into anger. You see, anger sometimes reveals who's, what's inside of you. Is anger bad? No, absolutely not. But when the anger becomes resentment, and you don't know when it becomes resentment, it just becomes resentment. One of the lessons I learned about forgiveness was a friend of mine hurt me so bad. <clears throat> A friend of mine hurt me so bad. And I thought I'd forgiven the person, but every time I hear that person's voice, I could be in a good mood, my mood changes. Every time that person, I could be joking, you know, I like to, I like to joke with people, I like to be sociable. I could be in a good mood. As soon as that person shows up, my mood changes. Then all of a sudden I just realized, how is he having power over my mood? Nobody is allowed that kind of power. And so rather than me blame the guy, I had to look into myself. Like, what are the issues I need to deal with? Because my anger actually is a reflection of something else. Uh, in counseling, I've always known this, when I counsel people, the issue is not always the issue. I want to challenge somebody today. Maybe somebody looks at you, you know, you're trying to do something, 
And you know when people just have a smirk on their face, you're telling them, I want to do this. Say, huh. Or, you know, you can tell that they've been talking about you because as soon as you get into a room, it all goes quiet. See, when you're in the process of, re of rebuilding, because I sense this for a lot of us, and particularly for us in Genesis Life Center, we're in the process of rebuilding. You're going to choose. Are you going to be fearful? Or are you going to be hopeful? Or are you going to be confident? If you're confident, you'll, the difference is if you're confident, you'll realize that the challenge exists because in order to make things better. Every challenge you face in life, it exists because things have to, are, is there to make things better. Because when you see a challenge and you're now thinking of a solution, you know what they say, necessity is the mother of invention. Is somebody being blessed so far? I said, is somebody being blessed so far? I'm going to make sure you're blessed so far, whether you like it or not. Glory be to God. And so what are these enemies within? You see, the, the Sambalat and Tobias are not people who reject you. The real enemy is yourself. It's not the ones who reject you. It's not the ones who don't give you an opportunity. Not, no, no, no. They're not. You're, you're majoring on the minors. Because your anger towards those people is a reflection of what's on the inside of you. See, the key thing to a major breakthrough in life is to, I'm not saying condemn yourself, I say to have an honest look at yourself. You know, uh, the past one month, all I've been doing is been assessing myself. Assessing, and some of the stuff I saw, Sister Patricia, some of the things I saw about myself, I would not want to, if I was myself's friend, I would not want to be friends with that person. I wouldn't even want to be friends with myself. That's why the scripture says, guard your heart with how many people, for example, one of the things that I realized with myself is that I can be very selfish. I can be very selfish and painted with religiosity, painted with good intentions. You have to take a good look at yourself. I'm not talking about condemning yourself, but an honest analysis glory be to god an honest analysis like okay was i being glory be to god you just it's called it's called walking in the fruits of the spirit i'm not talking that you're going to be perfect see here's the thing you can never be perfect only god is perfect glory be to god only god is perfect and his grace takes care of it but what grace does gives you the ability to become Anointing gives you the ability to perform, but grace gives you the ability to become. For you to be, success is not attaining something, success is being something. Is somebody listening to me? Peace is not trying to achieve peace. It's an experience. You see, you've got to get to the point where it's not about the other person, it's more about you. What is your experience? What, what are you feeling? Even in the midst of pain. Even in the midst of sorrow. I'll tell you one thing. I'm, I, I give glory to God for my wife. My wife is a strong woman. 
in the midst of pain, she's thinking about other people. I literally had to take her phone off her. I don't want you answering no calls. I don't want you doing nothing. She's been there for her family. She's, she's thinking about me. I'm like, I'm the last thing you want to be thinking about right now. But one thing I learned from my wife is that it's a being. It's not something you're trying to do. It's a being, being that person. But let me just quickly round up here because of our time. What do you do? How do you fight these, these battles? When you hear the, tumba, the, the Tobiases and the Sambalas telling you, it could be a mistake that you made blatantly. You open your eyes, and I've done quite a few of those, where I literally made the mistake. It wasn't somebody's fault. It was I did it. I opened my eyes. I thought it was a good idea, and I fell flat on my face. You've got to understand that God is a redeemer. He's a redeemer. So how do you deal with these battles? Glory be to God. Number one is take every opportunity. Just take it. It's an opportunity that comes your way. Just take it. The door was open and all you have to do is walk in that door. Take it. All your I's don't need to be dotted. All your T's don't need to be crossed. Just take it. One of the things that will happen when you're taking the opportunity is then you'll begin to discover some things. Okay, maybe it's when I'm taking that opportunity, that, you know, one of the greatest things you can ever do with an opportunity is to wait, to be patient. That's one of the best things you can ever do. The only way I can see is when I watch all those cowboy movies, when a horse is riding, it's going at speed, and sometimes a horse can be going at such a speed that it could be dangerous. What do they do? So that means that certain challenges can exist just to slow you down rather than to... Because if you're going at a, the rate you're going, you're going to end up crashing. So taking the opportunity sometimes is to know when to be patient. It's to know when to take the opportunity. The second thing about that also is when you're taking an opportunity, take it a day at a time. A day at a time. The problem with us is that we're looking far ahead. We're looking at the results. But you don't understand that every human being has to go through a journey. And in that journey, the journey that you're going through is to discover God and to discover yourself. Because the key success is you knowing who you are. In that journey, you're going to discover yourself because God is preparing you. You see, when God took the Israelites through the wilderness, he was getting them to discover God and to discover themselves. But you know what? They were trying to be somebody else. Because they thought the grass was always greener on the other side. They said, give us a king so that we can be like other nations. Meanwhile, God called them that through them, other nations will want to be, will come to God. This one is, seems, is so common. Forget the past. Listen. <laughs> when I say forget the past, it's an active thing. 
Forgetting the past is an active thing. You can't forget about that. Oh, I've forgotten it. It's no more. No. The past has a way of raising its ugly head every time. And it usually raises its head when you're rebuilding. People will remind you. Even when you've forgotten, people will remind you. Circumstances will remind you. But what you have to do is put the past where it belongs. Put it back. Every time he raises his ugly head. Each time, send it back. Just say back to sender. Back to sender. Every time, people remind you. Especially in the area of offense. Offense is one of the ways the enemy tries to bring the past up. When you're going through something, somebody will offend you that will remind you, and you say, and we say it like this: "This is the reason. This is where I'm coming from. I'm coming from the place of no, 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 no. Don't come from there. You've come from there. Don't go back there. You've come from. Don't go back there. The only reason it comes out is so you can understand yourself and say, okay, this is where I need to correct some stuff." Put it back. Somebody say forget the past. Forgetting the past is active. It's not stationary. It's every time. If he raises up his ugly head, you put it back. Somebody will do something that will remind you, oh, that's how, uh, you know, for example, let's, for example, somebody was married and it didn't go well and then they marry somebody else and then that person does something that reminds you of the other person. Or a, co or a colleague does something that reminds you of the other person. And then you start. And you know what I found? That other person doesn't even know that that's in your past. And then you start reacting. The reason for that is because because of that, we close opportunities that are open to us. Here's, a, here's, a, here's another one. I'm, I'm about to run out. I'm going to rush through this perseverance we hear this all the time and it's become a cliche the only time you know perseverance is when you're experiencing it Isaac was digging the wells he just got kicked out you know he just got kicked out of Gerar where he was prosperous he has to start all over again and then you start saying to yourself, oh, you mean I have to start all over again? Well, maybe God is saying the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. That will motivate you to start again. You know? As you're, as you're, as you're, as you're going. Oh, I lost my train of thought there. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. As you're going, Isaac was going to dig the well. Guess what? They were fighting with him. How many of you know that that reminds him of what happened where he was coming from? But you know what Isaac did? He ignored it. He ignored it. He kept on digging again. They still fought with him. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to outlast your enemies. That's what perseverance is. 
outlast it. It's a stamina. Just look at it this way. Look at it from this way when you're doing a long distance run. The only people who win the long distance, the marathon, are the ones who last. You see, lasting are in different forms. There's a difference between giving up and lasting. When you look at a marathon, when people are running a marathon, you can tell the ones who give up because they don't carry on with the same pace. They're just giving up. And then, so in a marathon, you have ones who just drop out entirely out of the race. And then you have some who just stop running. They stop running. But the ones who make it, that's what perseverance is all about, are the ones who keep pressing through the bar of pain. Pressing through pain, glory be to God. The pain of disappointment, the pain of betrayal still keep going on. The pain of rejection, the pain of being misunderstood, the pain of being misinterpreted, the pain of abandonment, the pain of just pressing through. Somebody say perseverance. And perseverance is just keep, just waking up. Let me tell you something. You don't know how, how, how you have been persevering. Every day you wake up, is a, is a, you wake up and, you, and you start your day, that's perseverance. You wake up, that's perseverance. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. The next thing is redeeming the time. Rescuing the time. What does that mean to redeem the time? To rescue the time. Sometimes we think by doing so much activity, you're redeeming the time. Activity doesn't mean you're redeeming the time. Sometimes we're busy running through dead ends because we're doing stuff. But redeeming the time is a listening to God. Spend time listening to his direction. And sometimes what the problem with us is the, the, the instruction we get, we don't like it. Sometimes, I remember one time I was believing God for something. God told me, just wait. And I thought, I bind the devil in Jesus' name. What do you mean, wait? After how many years? You know, when you hear the scripture, having done all to stand, stand. It means that you've been trying to stand. God is still saying, having done all to stand, keep standing. This word is a prophetic word that I'm giving somebody today. I hope you can take advantage the last thing I want to say here is know your adversary. And who is your adversary? It's not the people out there. It's the enemy within. It's the voices you listen to. It's when somebody says something to you or reacts somehow to you. What do you do when you're by yourself? It doesn't matter people who reject you. It says, an effective door of ministry has been opened. But there are many adversaries. I want to mention some of the adversaries. The voice that you listen to. Tying something to an event. 
I say this until I, I, the, the, the day I die. I will keep on saying it. Everything that happens to you in life is an event. It's an event. Everything that happens to us in life is an event. Are you going to be a victim of that event? Or are you going to shape that event for glory? How many are blessed by the word of God? This is a word, I just, I can't believe the way God just put that word in me. And the Lord was telling me, this is a word for this season for everyone. Particularly in Genesis Life Center. This is a word in season. Have a heart to work. In other words, have a heart to press on. Make a determination today. That's the word the Lord is telling me to sell somebody. Make a determination today. That from now on, I will have a mind to work. A mind to work on my marriage. A mind to work on my ministry. A mind to work on my business. A mind to work on myself. A mind, a mind to work. God bless you. Thank you for joining our online church. To connect with us, please go to our website, genesislifecenter.com. Please follow us on social media. On Facebook, you can find us under Genesis Life Center. On YouTube, you can find us under Genesis Life Center 01. On Instagram, Genesis Life Center. And on Twitter, Genesis Life Cent. Thank you.